he wishes he was maybe less arrogant and listened a little bit more. But look, he's having building a lot of success. How to exit. Then in 2012, jumped into a company called Watch It. Got a good partnership going with Gannett, a little internal competition at Gannett. Proved that there was definitely opportunity for him to scale this product. Since then, he's raised $29 million bucks again, helping enterprise brands, over 200 of them, scale their video content and video production across many of their horizontal teams. Average first-year ACV, about 50 grand. Lifetime value, minimum 300 grand, but many clients paying way more than that. Payback period, super healthy at less than six months with their team of 60 based between between Israel, New York City, and London. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Jor Ginsberg. He's the co-founder and CEO of Watch It. He's also a pioneer in automated video creation, developing the platform to help brands and publishers produce short-form video content at the scale and speed needed for today's video-first mobile audiences. Jor, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. Tell us. Yeah, you bet. Tell us about Watch It. So uh, what's it do, and then what's your revenue model? So Watch It is a video creation platform in the cloud. Helps anyone who wants to tell a story to make it quick and easy. Uh, it's a combination of, uh, I would say, three elements very quickly. It's automation. We automate some of the process that said uh, it's not about complete automation because it's about video storytelling. Uh, but there's a lot that you can automate, such as, I don't know, you have a 16 by 9 video and you want to turn it into square. That's something that we automatically do. But clearly lots of, uh, lots of stuff on there. Um, creative tools, which are needed, uh, meant for non-videographers to produce amazing results, but without any prior knowledge. And last but not least uh, is, is content, raw content. When you want to tell a story, uh, you need to have the raw footage. Uh, so we you know, teamed up with the likes of Kitty and AFP and Reuters and AP and, and, and so many others to have basically solved two problems. One, we cleared the licensing on all the content being used on a platform, and then we cleared the redistribution rights. So you can put the assembled video on your it's like a shutter, social shutter mobile stock model. Uh, in a way, but we basically get all of our content and makes it accessible to our clients. Uh, you put all these together, automation, creative control, content into one platform that basically enables you to turn a story into a video within about 10 minutes. And are you working mainly with enterprise brands doing this at scale or like or like vloggers and lifestyle kind of creators? Yeah, I would say top down, mostly with the big uh, with the big guys. Okay. So I mean give me a sense on average and what's an average customer paying you per month for this? Oh, uh, you know, it varies. It varies, but uh, um, I don't want to get into specific pricing because clearly it may, you know, differs from one client to another. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm just talking about. I'm just, I'm just talking about an average. I mean, are we talking a grand a month, a hundred thousand a month, ten grand a month? Um, it varies. Uh, it it could be. First of all, it depends eventually on volume, uh, and usually our clients commit to a certain volume of production. So it could be that they pay uh, on an annual basis anywhere from fifty grand. Uh, but it can go up to uh, close to a million. Okay, it's fair to say though your minimum, generally speaking, is around fifty grand. Um, more or less. Okay, and what does that get? What, what are people committing to in terms of how much video they're producing for that amount of money? Very much differs. Uh, you know, we work with both publishers and brands. Usually, publishers need more volume. Uh, brands or agencies essentially would uh, require less volume. 
Uh, although, you know, the use cases are completely different. One of them is a little bit more editorial. The other one is a little bit more for content marketing purposes. Yep. How are you measuring volume, though? Is it like number of minutes or is it size of file or what? But just based on, on, a, on a per piece basis, so to speak. Usually, again, usually the content being created on a platform is short form. It's anywhere between 30 seconds to three minutes. Uh, so we don't get into the we don't get, you know, nitty gritty and on the details on on if, if these are you know, 60 seconds or 65, it's just on a purpose. Well, I'm just curious what you measure your utility metric around, right? Is it number of videos created? Is it storage Correct. space? What is it, right? Is it number of stock number videos of video, used? Number of videos created. Okay, number of videos created. Great. And these are these are typically, again, and are more enterprise folks, top-down approach. Tell me more about the backstory here. When did you launch the company? We launched the company in 2012. <clears throat> okay, 2012. Uh, yeah, 2012. Uh, started, you know, with a with a uh, with an idea originally, and we built a product, and then we wanted to see, so to speak, if the dogs eat the dogs. We started basically bootstrapping it, creating um, um, content ourselves and syndicating it out there just to see how it works. It did pretty much work very well, and very soon after, we started uh, basically opened up the platform for our clients to use it on a so to speak on a SaaS basis. As I said, we sell it on a volume of production basis, but essentially, it's very close to a SaaS business. Uh, and then moved on to publishers, and later on we started marketing the platform or similar platform to uh, agencies and brands. Okay, so 2012 was launch date, and now have you still bootstrapped or have you raised capital? Uh, no, we've raised capital basically from day one. Uh, it, it wasn't um, for me and my co-founder; it wasn't the first company, so we had some of our own cash. So we put some of our own cash, but did get you know a first million from uh, from, from a seed investor. Okay, you have kind of smile when you say that. Why? Oh no no, that's like um, not any not, not anything in specific, but we did eventually, you know. Okay, good. So 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 you right now you you put some of your own money and you got a million from a seed. Now is that all you raised to date, or have you raised additional capital? No no no, we've raised uh, we had a few rounds ever since we've raised a total of twenty nine. Okay, so far that's what I was looking at. So so raised a total total of twenty nine total, not including the founder's money. Correct. Okay, got it. So twenty nine twenty nine uh, million raised, um, launched in twenty twelve. Okay, so tell me more about the team size. Uh, we're a group of about 60. Uh, the R&D is based out of Israel, Tel Aviv, uh, where I'm right now. And we have our headquarters actually in New York City, okay. uh, where most of our you know marketing, sales, and customer success teams are. And we have a similar size team in uh, Europe, actually in London, um, covering the EMEA and Asia-Pacific regions. And what is the, the team in terms of the breakdown? Are you guys leveraging an inside sales team to drive some of these enterprise deals? What portion of the team are sales versus engineering versus something else? <clears throat> so as I said, the Tel Aviv team is a, about half the size of the company. Um, it's a, most, most of our deals are not necessarily inside sales. It's most of it is direct, actually. Um, clearly, you know, some of the clients who we have, usually, uh, fortunately, we have more leads than we can take. Uh, so clearly, some of them remain within, so to speak, the inside sales uh, realm. Uh, that said, as I said, we started the business top down uh, eventually. So you know, working with the big brands uh, or publishing brands originally. So th- these usually require some reach out. Hey, George, just to be clear, though, you said that the team is in Tel Aviv, but I don't know what function they are. Is that your engineering team is in Tel Aviv? Yeah, engineering is in Tel okay. Aviv. Yeah. Okay, engineering, Tel Aviv, and the rest kind of spread out. Good. And then before we tell, before we kind of jump in more kind of to the story and maybe some customer stories, uh, what have you scaled to today? So how many customers are you working with? Hundreds. Hundred. Okay, hundreds. Hundreds, and it's all enterprise clients. Good. Got it. All enterprise. I mean, look. So so hundreds at a minimum fifty thousand dollars ACV. We can kind of back into a minimum at you know AR run rate. You guys are north of five million at this point, right? Um, 
way more than way more than that. Uh, north of ten. I won't ask another one after yeah. that, but north of ten. Uh, north than ten. Uh, north of ten. Yeah. Okay. What, what year do you think you break thirty in? No, we're not so far away. I was going to say, come on, this, that's when you call up and you say, Nathan, we're going to break it this year. This is the year. When I say not so far away, it could be. It could, it could be this year. Okay, very good. So tell me, tell me more, Jor, about how you how you landed some of these enterprise clients. First off, did you have prior relationships with these enterprise folks from previous companies? So, uh, um, not necessarily, but uh, some of the content providers we've worked with, I had uh, in you know relationship with my previous startup, which was acquired uh, seven years ago. Uh, so that clearly helped. But these are more partnerships rather than than clients. Um, regarding some clients, I can give you maybe one example. That yes. Directly related to your question, uh, one of our biggest clients is Gannett. Uh, you know, the owner of USA Today and probably 140 other properties across the U.S. I think that what was um, what was very unique about the kind of relationship we built with them um, is that even though they're pretty big, uh, they were, I would say, we were lucky enough and they were smart enough to try us early on. Okay. Uh, and they and they literally helped us, you know, morph our product into something of a much better product market fit. Um, and it's and it, it you know on one hand it was very courageous, so to speak, and very uh, we were completely uh, uh, amazed by how much they were willing to uh, you know, to spend on on a product that was you know early days. But eventually, um, they have contributed a lot for themselves from the whole process, but we contributed for the whole industry, again, making our product a much better uh, fit for the market we're in. Did, did you let them invest? No, they never invested, although, by the way, other clients of ours did invest, such as ProZeban or SPH and others, which are clients of ours, and they've invested l- later on. Uh, they, there were discussions around that, but they didn't mature. So how did that relationship with Gannett kick off? Um, <laughs> that's actually a funny story. Um, we met, uh, we met, uh, in person with their back then. I think it was the chief digital officer, if I'm not mistaken or something like that. Uh-huh. And, and we gave them a, a quick show of the platform, uh, you know, a quick demo. And he was, he was really smart. He said, you know what, um, let's, let's do a competition internally between a couple of teams. Let's give them, um, a story to create a video on. We'll give one team the, the traditional way they do it. And we give another team uh, the watch it platform and let's see what the results are and how, how, how does it look like and how much time do they spend? And we literally did a competition inside the company and it was really, really funny because, you know, the other guys didn't even make it to create or to begin creating a video and the other ones, uh, the other team using watch it was already publishing it. And that was a, you know, a very good, uh, uh, you know, use case and, and clearly intrigued the teams uh, to dig much more into it. And that's that's actually how it started. And I think I never told this story before, but that's that's how it happened. And that was back when, in early 2012, 2013? 2013, I believe, yeah. Okay, very good. And give me a sense of what the company, I mean, the video is obviously hot, right? So I'm curious, your growth rate, does your growth rate kind of also mimicking the popularity of video? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, uh, so I mean, are you more than, I mean, you're going more than 100% year over year? Yeah, around 100, yeah. Around there, got it. What? So do you have an offering yet for for like kind of the vloggers of the world, the SMBs of the world, or no, you, you, it's really just enterprise? It's mostly enterprise, I say. Every once in a while, there's something like that, but we do not put a lot of focus on, on uh, the community of, uh, so to speak, the longer tail. Uh, it's mostly enterprise. If you guys are like me, it was 
quite a shock to me when I was building my first company, Heyo, and we reached like 10, 11, 12 people. And all of a sudden I'm going, wait, why am I getting notices from all these states? And that's because I had to file payroll and stuff in these states as we started hiring people from remote locations. It was the biggest pain in the, in the butt. I hated the paperwork. I hated the payroll. And so now today when I'm launching new companies, hiring new remote employees, I use a company called Gusto. It's very simple. Payroll benefits and HR for modern small businesses. What I like most, and I've timed this, it takes about seven minutes on average for my folks to run payroll. It's got fast, easy to run payroll, including W-2s and 1099s. I love that they have health benefits and 401ks all built in for nearly any budget. So you kind of just pick what you want. And they've got expert HR support just to call away. So you don't have to hire you know, HR people in-house. But most importantly, it frees up my time. So I can go back to my Monday.com Kanban board, you know, plan the next sprint, you know, put the next spec out on the line and talk to three more customers. So if you want more effective payroll, you know, a lot of people change payroll providers at the end of the year. Now is really the best time to switch. So listeners of the podcast, you can go to NathanLacka.com forward slash Gusto to try a demo and test it out. Again, that's NathanLacka.com forward slash Gusto, and you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. All right, I'll see you there. I talk to thousands and thousands of people that are not enterprise where this is a major pain point. And the current solution is go on Fiverr, right? Pay, pay, find someone that does video editing, go find someone who does infographics and then get the, you know, submit the, the audio file to Rev to get the SRTP file to put the subtitles on, right? And then all that together, you know, a thousand dollars later for a minute long video, you publish it. Yeah. It's it's a hard and long process. By the way, you know, speaking about the longer tail, I don't think that the, the I actually think that there is an opportunity there, but it's just a matter of uh, of where you focus your effort and resources. Yeah, uh, and clearly, and clearly, you know, when you go you do go down the down the food chain to floggers and individuals, the, the whole you know marketing and the whole you know operational uh, way that you run the companies is completely different. Do you know someone uh, serving that market right now that's kind of comparable to you, or no? Um, I know about a couple of companies who were serving SMBs for marketing videos. Um, like like who? Like, you know, Magisto or Animoto, those kind of companies you probably know, or Slidely, the or product called Promo by Slidely. There, there are a few. Uh, I think that they're, they're, it's, it's very different because when you target SMBs, you need to provide them with a, um, a tool that is that simple so that they can actually use it. Yeah. Uh, which means uh, by that simple means that your ability to build something which is literally on your brand is close to zero. So it's mostly based on templates uh, as opposed to something which is uh, completely branded, very unique, identifiable that, you know, goes along with your brand. Tell me about your churn. Churn is obviously critical in a SaaS business. Um, I can also I only tell you that we have what it was called the negative churn which means eventually we, we grow like it's, it's uh, we, not only do we keep our clients, we have expansions. Yeah. Yeah. But if you just look at, if you look at gross revenue churn, I mean, what are you losing? 5% a month, 10%, I'm sorry, a year or 10% a year or what? No, I'm saying we have negative churn like plus. Yeah. But you excellent. can't, you can't have, you can't have gross negative, right? So gross oh, is obviously, a- yeah, yeah. I'm just curious. Obviously you make up more than what you lose. That's how you get to net yeah, negative. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah, curious, yeah. are you losing a 1%, 5%, 10%? <clears throat> Below one. But below, okay, I means so that's very, so it's easy for you to have net negative. You have to just add more than, expand more than one or 2% and you're good to go. What are people, when they are choosing to expand, 
what what is the reason they're expanding? Is it just they're using more volume? The team using your tools getting bigger? They want more product features? What is it? In most in most cases, they uh, they expand ver- um, horizontally. So let's say um, now different teams start to use the platform. Um, uh, so you find yourself in, in in a situation where either they have multiple brands. Uh, you know, it's it's a big enterprise. It has multiple brands. One brand started using the platform, then it moves to other brands, or it moves from um, an editorial team to um, a social marketing team. Uh, so we see a lot of expansions, which is mostly horizontal. But regardless of what team's using it, your pricing is not around seats or number of teams using it. It's just number of pieces of video content created. Correct. Got it. Interesting. Why haven't you, I mean, are you considering adding different pricing axes like team size or things like that or no? Uh, we do in a while. There's, uh, there's, um, there's something about the simplicity of our model. Uh, that is is very is very unique, you know. Because eventually, you know, uh, um, simple pricing model goes a long way. And when you try to uh, add accesses and criterias and, and and other stuff, it makes things more complex and makes your clients think more when they want to expand or when they want to make a decision. Uh, so some of the simplicity hides a lot of complexity behind it. Again, assuming the math works, right? Like the math has to work at the end of the day. Uh, but if it does, uh, simplicity goes a long way. Yep. As a funded kind of SaaS entrepreneur, how risky or how aggressive are you willing to uh, be with payback period? How long are you willing to wait to get your money back? Um, uh, it's it's less a, it's less about risk for us at the moment because we can, we can clearly see it or we can clearly calculate it. We can clearly see how it looks like. Calculate what? Payback. Payback. Yeah. Yeah, so it's today. Um, fortunately, it's uh, it's it's less risky for us. I see the return pretty fast. Okay, like less than six months, would you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and so so just to be clear, if your first year ACV is fifty grand, less than six months means you're spending less than twenty twenty five grand to acquire these guys. Um, where are you spending the money when you spend it? Is it mostly the inside sales team? Um, no, no. As I said, the, the inside sales is pretty is pretty small. We have, as I said, that we have direct sales, which uh, is is um, pretty significant spend. Um, and clearly marketing, you know, and, uh, we did a lot on content marketing this year and, uh, how many on your team, how many on your team of 60 are focused on content? Oh, uh, you know, we, I'm not, not only counting my team cause I also hire, you know, from the outside. So we have some contractors doing some work for us and some agencies doing some work for us. So it's a little bit more than just the internal team. Got it. So you're finding keywords, SEO keywords, writing posts around those keywords and getting inbound. Um, I would say it's mostly about publishing our own content. It's it's literally content marketing that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's you know publishing articles and and putting out some research and, uh, and how do eyeballs how do eyeballs find that content though? It gets distributed. So we we don't spend uh, truly we don't spend a lot on on media. Uh, very very little. Uh, I know that others may uh, find this uh, very attractive for them, but um, we found that. Um, First of all, you know, when you do good research, you have, you find houses that want to publish it because it's serious research. It's yep. not just, uh, you know, uh, uh, a boring article. It's real data that people want to publish. Uh, so lots of news and lots of good stuff that we're writing out. Uh, for example, I just maybe I'll just give you one, one example. We had a focus on social video uh, in the past uh, year or so, and and people just don't get it. So we've written, we've written a whole um uh, paperwork on how to optimize your social video, and eventually, you know, we're becoming uh, to our clients um, not more, not just you know a video platform to create videos, but we're coming strategic advisors of how to 
how to do video or how to be successful in video. So when if you can put that down to a paper and let people, you know, uh, read it, um, you would be amazed of how many, you know, downloads and, 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 you know, and form fills you get from, from such a, such, such a piece of content. So honestly, and, and very luckily today, as I said, we have more leads than we can take. That's good. Drew, our last economics question here before we wrap up with the famous five. When you start looking at lifetime value, it's obviously very difficult and you can argue it all kinds of different ways, but at a minimum, what do you assume lifetime value is for you on these enterprise clients? Well, as I said, it varies a lot. It varies a lot because we have, um, we have, as I said, we have clients that are close to a million a year. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I just say minimum. Three hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about seems seems about. I mean, if people are paying fifty the first year and then they're expanding to additional teams horizontally, I'm sure you have a bunch that are paying that have already paid you more than many millions. But uh, yeah. minimum three hundred <laughs> sounds about right. Very cool. All right, let's wrap up here with the famous five drawer. Number one, what's the last business book that you read? So first of all, I almost don't read. I listen. Uh, <laughs> audiobooks are my favorites. Um, I can't recall the last one, but I can, can, I can recall the, the one who made most impact on me. That was a long time ago, and that was a book called Crossing the Chasm. Yep, Jeffrey Moore, uh, right? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, I think that, the, that that is one of the business books who left most impact on me. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? So here again, I will stay with some old school stuff. Um, first of all, you know, everybody would say Elon Musk, right? Is amazing. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, I, I guess you, it's, it's old school, but you probably read the book by Jack Welsh or on Jack Welsh back then. I, again, I think it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, a masterpiece. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building a business besides your own? I love Canva. Yeah, yeah, that's good on number. Uh, you know, by the guys, way, I was about to say. By the way, I mean, I could see some synergies between what they do and what you do. Would you ever? Well, would they ever acquire you, or would you ever acquire them? Is there a merger in the works? <laughs> First of all, they did such a great uh, round of financing recently. I'm not sure I can buy them anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's why I. That's why I switched the question a little bit. <laughs> uh, I think. Um, uh, First of all, I think that what they did is. Can I say fucking amazing? Yeah, it's yeah, fucking yeah. amazing. It's fucking amazing. And what about did, what they did specifically? I think they've nailed the uh, nailed the thing on its head, like uh, you know, making it possible for people to create amazingly good stuff without knowing nothing almost on on what they do, uh, and that's and that's brilliant. Uh, I think we're basically doing something very similar in nature, like we're doing the same for video. I think that uh, I I I would uh, gently say that I think that on doing it on video is a little bit more complex. Uh, but that said, I think they did a brilliant job. All right. Very good. Number, uh, number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Mm, around six. That's pretty good. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kids? Married plus four. Married and four kids? <laughs> Holy mackerel. All right. And how old are you, Jor? I'm 46. 46. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Um... First of all, you know, when, when, when you're 20 something, um, I've learned that, uh, no matter what you tell a 20 year old, I, he has to go through it in order to understand it. So you can tell him whatever you want. It doesn't, it's not going to help. Uh, but I would say generally speaking, uh, you know, less arrogance, listening more is, uh, is always good. But when you're 20 something, 
if somebody says something like that, you don't even listen. So. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, there we have it from Jory. He wishes he was maybe less arrogant and listened a little bit more. But look, he's having building a lot of success. How to exit. Then in 2012, jumped into a company called Watch It. Got a good partnership going with Gannett. A little internal competition at Gannett proved that there was definitely opportunity for him to scale this product. Since then, he's raised $29 million bucks in helping enterprise brands, over 200 of them, scale their video content and video production across many of their horizontal teams. Average first-year ACV, about 50 grand. Lifetime value, minimum 300 grand, but many clients paying way more than that. Payback period, super healthy at less than six months with our team of 60 based between Israel, New York City, and London. Drawer, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you so much.